This podcast is brought to you by MVR Painting. MVR Painting is a Newcastle-based company with a passion for painting for well and truly over 10 years. They are a small crew making a big difference. If you want the brush with the best, make sure to contact MVR Painting. You can find their pages on Facebook or Instagram under MVR Painting or email them at mark at mvrpainting.com.au. Cheers, peeps. On this episode of the Top Deck Podcast, a true example of life's ups and downs. One of the youngest to ever debut for the Knights and Australian schoolboys. 1997 grand final winner and a man I'm blessed to call a friend, Mr. Owen Craigie. What's happening, bruh? Let's get ready to rumble! Today is your day. Allow me to introduce myself. Top Deck. Top Deck. Top Deck. The Top Deck Podcast. Now leave your brain stimulated. Woo! Boom. We're back. My favourite time of the week. Fuck yeah. Joshy, how are you, brother? Good, my man. You? Yeah, good, man. I'm good. I'm fucking excited for this one. Yeah, me too, man. Like you said in the intro, you know, a story of ups and downs and, and coming through the other side, man. So it's exciting to um, get stuck in and have a chat with him. Let's not waste any time. Are we? How are you, brother? Don't, brother. It's the big OC baby from the little T. <laughs> chasing that energy, son. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the Wake hood, bro. and show up. Just living my best life, baby. Fuck yeah. That's good to hear. <laughs> How'd you feel driving over the bridge to Compton? Oh, bro, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back home in the ghetto, you know. I was thinking, this is where I belong, son. This is me. Aye. But no, it was good, bro. I had my mate drove for his friend 16k, you know, before it took me like nearly three hours, you know. Yeah, no, chasing energy cars. Chase it, son. <laughs> Chase it. Where'd you run? So I, I run from where with Blue Door every day. Yep. Morning and night. And I, uh, sometimes, like last Friday, I ran uh, 15 hills. Yeah, fuck yeah. So Stress Lucky Hills. Yep. And then I run back, did 10 stairs. It's all up. I ran for like nearly just under four hours. And then Saturday, I just did a light jog, which is like over and back. And then yesterday, I did it again. And then today, I said, no, I just keep pushing it, you know. So I just keep pushing my body. Like, if I had this mentality and this attitude playing footy, like, I'd captain Australia. Yep. And New Zealand. No, and France. Sure. <laughs> 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 but, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's funny how we become a product of past life. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Like, no, I 100%. And, and I've got no answers for it, but I just allow myself to um, wake up. And show up. So I wake up in the morning, watch the sun come up, mm. and I give myself a chance to run off the sun come down. Because Stress Lecky, 12 months ago, well, I was trying to take my own life. Mm. So I run it every day to remind myself, fuck yeah. it. Where you've come from. Zip, bro. Dark times. Like you were saying just before we kicked it off, you know, like we recharge our phones, you know, and you just got to recharge yourself. Like, you know, just a bit of en- like a bit of exercise just for mental health and just, just to clear your mind and, and wow. freshen back up. You know what? No one's right. No one's wrong. No one's an expert, you know. No, man. But I've tried everything. And, I've, and I had systems in my head that I thought it'd work and, and I, I manipulated things and, I could, you know, I was a fucking creature, bro, you know. Like, but now, you know, the, the thing is, is that, I don't want to go back to where I come from, but no. it's too hard because I want to come back. I, I haven't got it in me again to come back from where I come from. I haven't. I'll be honest. So every day I'm just grateful and thankful that, you know, uh, I, I cut off a lot of people I used to hang with, but I cut off heaps. I can count them all on one end now, three or four. My man just said, Jace Pitt, my best man, you know. I rang him in rehab, said, bro, I'm homeless. Missus doesn't like me anymore. She's starting my house. But now I've got my own place, take the crib out. And, you know, man, I'm, I'm living my best life because I wake up and I show up and I give myself a chance. That's all. Isn't that money involved? Fuck, yeah. That's what I actually said on a previous podcast. You know, it's 
it's it's not about the quantity in your circle, man. It's about the quality in your quality circle. Quality, cuz. Yeah, you know? man. Yeah. I don't want to be that HQ island in the back of the wrecking yard anymore. <laughs> <laughs> sitting at the back corner with spare parts, but I want to be that Ferrari sitting down the main street of Sydney's going, yeah, that's me. Yep. No. That's what I can be. No, be the Tesla cars, run be off energy. Tesla. I'm off Denny. I'm off Denny. I'm Tesla, baby. Ferrari's old school. Ferrari's old school. Before we, before we get into all that stuff, um, tell us a bit about your background and you a Tinger boy. I'm a Tinger boy, bar from the 2369 population 300, you know, so um, I grew up in 15 Garner Street, Tinger, so my pop is Owen Blair. I'll, I'll go right back for you. So my pop's Owen Blair. He's still alive. He's 84, you know. He was down here a couple weeks ago. Shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to my pop, the big O, yeah, the real OG. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, his brother's uh, his, uh, Uncle Alec Blair, which is Greg Inglis's grandfather. Yep. Arnie Brider, which is a sister, which is Albert Kelly's grandmother. Um, Auntie Betty, who passed away a month ago, God bless her soul, you know what I mean, is Preston Campbell's grandmother. Then uh, Auntie Pearl, his other grandmother, is PJ Ellis. And Uncle Dowie is the other brother, which is Bevan French's great-grandfather. Sure. And then Nathan Blacklock's married in for Aunt Betty and his father, you know what I mean? So, so you're, always, you're always destined for success. But this is the thing, cuz We grew up hunting rabbits and chasing echidnas, porcupines, for people back home. Not once, not once did we sit down as a group and go... Let's play NRL or let's play footy. Yeah. So where did that where did that sort of take off from the NRL? Who started that in your? Yeah, so I played by mistake when I was twelve. You know, so only Margie got rest of soul. Her son Elton was playing under fourteens in uh, Inverell, and they shorter players. So I played barefoot and scored seven tries. You know, killed it. And um, I got home. I, I, Dad clicked me up to his and put me up to ask because I got home late. Didn't know where I was. You know, mum and dad were strict on me. You know, it was a good thing too. And that's how I started playing footy. But I always played touch footy. And I'm the oldest of seven kids, so I used to get my brother and sisters in the rain down the side of the house and just run over top of them. <laughs> <laughs> Palm, you know, thought I was Laurie Daly and Brad Fittler and all this sort of stuff. And, and that's how I ended up getting into footy, you know. And um, so then when I registered with West Inverell, I played 12s, 14s and 16s as a 12-year-old, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because I was quick, I was fast. So how, how was your upbringing? Did, like, was family system was good? Yeah, yeah. So my dad was strict, you know. My dad um, was in Aboriginal affairs, um, grew up more Back in the old Calabar days, it was black and white, you know. Yep. He grew up on the mission. Then he met mum down in Newcastle. She was starting to be a nurse. He was a builder. And um, it's funny, you know, they always say, we drive past the park. And oh, my parents are funny, you know. They say, son, see that rotunda over at Lambton? You're conceived there. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, like, um, but, yeah, that's when I met down here. So Newcastle's always had a place in my heart, you know. And um, it's funny how mum and dad met in. I've done a full circle. I've come in, I was 15, and the life that I've lived, you know. And um, But that's how I ended up getting into footy, and then I got into athletics as well. And, um, look, I just I just worked very hard as a kid growing up, you know, because I, I grew up in a community where my community is just like every other community in the bush in the country, you know. And now in some communities it's even worse, you know. But um, we didn't have much options growing up back then, you know, and I saw football as a hope for a better life, you know. Yeah, for sure. And did you succeed? Yeah, I succeeded, bro, you know, and um, I'm very lucky, you know, I was in the Roosters system for two years, used to fly me down to Narrabeen. Yep. So they picked kids from all over the state, and I was like the youngest there, you know, and um, they fly down to Narrabeen, stay for weeks, so I was at the Roosters, and then all of a sudden the Knights saw me play a rep game one time, and Keith Lonzo picked me up and said, listen, we want you to come to Newcastle, and I'll come to Newy, bro, and that was it. Yeah, 1995, nice. your debut against the Broncos? Yeah, against the Broncos, bro. I was only a young fan, you know. I was thinking 16, 17, bro. It was like 38,000 people played, you know, like back in the old day. Old school night stadium, bro. You know, I shut the gates at half time. Yeah. And um, 
Everything happened in 12 months, bro. So Just, quick, you know? So quick. So I went to, I, I had a throat, uh, my first contract was a $1,000 sign on in the three years to finish school. So year 10, St. Mary's Gateshead, year 11, 12, St. Francis Xavier. So I was the first out of both sides of my family to finish year 12. Mum and Dad's big family. No one's finished school. It wasn't the best student, wasn't the smartest, but I stayed in there, you know, and that taught me, that taught me that if I wanted something, mm. just hang in there and make it happen. That's right, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Even though I didn't go to uni or I didn't do this, do that, it taught me that. Just keep backing up. Just keep backing up, but just keep showing up, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think you made the Australian schoolboys three years in a row, three 94, years in a row, yeah, 95, so I made 96. 10, yeah, so 90, so that's what happened too. So Phil Tobin was the deputy principal at Mary's. He said, oh, do you want to come and play open schoolboys? And I thought, oh, Am I old enough to play? He said, oh, I don't know if you're old enough, but, but you're good, good enough. enough. Yeah. So I went out there, the 15-year-old, bro, and I made the uh, Northern Countries, Catholic Colleges, then I made the Triple C, which is New South Wales, combined Catholic Colleges, and the first year I made New South Wales, and outside was like Russ Richardson now, Russ owns all the clubs in town, it's like Monopoly for us, every corner <laughs> show up, he owns every pub and club, you know. <laughs> yeah, nice. And uh, Dean Raper, Luke Prittis, Peter Maripodi, uh, we had a, uh, Michael Withers, and then we went to Darwin and um, we lost the grand final up there, but I got play of the whole Australian Championship. I was 15. And they weren't going to give me the award because I had to come up and say, yeah, I am 15 because I thought, no, they thought I was older. So I ended up making an Australian schoolboy side at 15. Then I made it the following year at 16. And then the third year they said, oh, you don't have to play. Just come and help pick the team in the box down Adelaide Oval. But I ended up playing the last two games for Triple C and we won the championship. Yeah. So that's how I played schoolboys, bro. Fuck, yeah. I did a bit of research, eh, and... I think you're the only one that's done only it three one, years in a row. 25 years, bro. 25 yeah. years. It's record. a record. Won't be touched. Won't be beaten, bro. you got to equal it. got to be near 10. Yeah. They break it near nine. Yeah, right. Man, it's no, tough. Mate. It's tough now, especially how mainstream that, that sport has become, you know. You know, and uh, and uh, the, the record at the Knights too, you know, debut that, you know, you've got to be 18 now. Mm. To, you know? For, yeah. So being that successful at such a young age, do you feel that pressure later in life, like, took a, took a toll on... Like yeah. where you ended up or, yeah, yeah. or was you just a freelance and you didn't care about the pressure, you just wanted to play footy? Or? Yeah, I was a freelance, I, did, I didn't really care, but it was later on in life it really hit me, you know, yeah, because right. it was my dream to play footy. It was my dream to win a premiership. It was my dream to buy houses. It was my dream to buy cars. And that, t- that was all reality mm. until later on in life, you know, as you get older and, you know, I mean, certain things happen in your life, you don't really... It's like now, like my life, my old life now still has repercussions for me now. Mm. You know what I mean? Like uh, I'm 42 and if I go and do things or go somewhere, it gets back to other people and I do mm. this. Like I, I deserve to live my life and have a good life too. Yeah, exactly right. Your, your name can be held in the media a lot stronger overnight, than other person's. Overnight, yeah. cause, you know, so now I don't trust a lot of people anymore because mm. what happened in the last 12 months, I don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've got my guard up and they know I don't trust them either, but that's just me, you know. But in Santa too, I had a good life, bro. I was very blessed. Bought my first house at 17. I imported a car. I imported a car from England. What's all? Ford Mondeo. First one in Australia. Hey, yeah. nice. An old CD stacker in the boot. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That is old. But, yeah, but, you know, but along the way too, bro, like you'd understand that, you know, like I was playing SG Ball on $120,000 a year back in 95. That was, that was my next question. Like I went to a meet and greet with uh, Freddie Fittler and – Kevin Walters, mm. and I asked them the same question. I'm like, would you have rather played when you did or would you rather play nowadays? Like, obviously the money's better nowadays, but, like, the media, the scrutiny and all that is a lot, you know, fucking yeah. more intense. Oh, me, more me, me personally, 
me personally, because, you know, I've got bipolar and, you know, I've only recently had it, but I've had it for a long time, you know, like, and the way I lived my life back then, so did a lot of boys, like, man, if social media was around back then, <laughs> shit, can't hold me talking. But, you know, I'm just saying, you know what I mean, like, it's, it's a bad thing, social media, you know what I mean, and that's where now, like, you're not, you're not, they don't classify you as a good footballer just for scoring tries and being a top player anymore. Mm. You're a good player if you train hard mm. and if your off-field is good. Yeah, that's yeah, you're right. right. Your off-field is your brand. Mm. Yeah, they're having that discussion on the on one of the Channel 9 footy shows there the other day about, you know, the audience being able to listen to all the players now through the ref's microphone. You know, there's yeah. just – there's no, there's no you know, barrier now. It's like everything. Everything they say is, yeah. like, criticised. And it's in the heat of the moment, you know. It's so. the heat of the moment. Yeah, bro, you know, and – Look, a lot of these players today, you know, like a lot of these young blokes are on Bitcoin. Yeah. We think me and a few other boys are on Bitcoin. These blokes are on Bitcoin, you know. Pong has signed $1.2 million mm. a year for four years. It's a $5 million contract. He's mm. 22. Mm. I, I personally think, and I've listened to a lot of ex-footballers, podcasts and stuff, it's more of a product now than a game. It's, yeah, it's a product. It's a business now. Yeah, yep. that's right. You know what I mean? Yep. Football used to be for the battlers. Mm. When they, you know what I mean? Like this town, without this town, there is no game rugby league. It's the heartland of rugby league, you mm. know. And back now, those BHP, Miners, Wolfies, you know, everything like that, bro, you know. And, but now it's a business, you know, for, to take a family over to footy, crush a hundred and something bucks. Yeah. Two correct. cans of drinks, three pies and a pack of chips. <laughs> it's, it's out of control, it's though, out of control. isn't it? It is, yeah. it really is. You know, yeah. man, like, it's, it's unaffordable. Yeah. You know, but that's the way it is, bro, you know. It's, it's, it's money, it's a business. And look, oh, look, I... Oh, to be honest with you, I watch the footy every now and again, but not as much as I used to either, yep. you know, because yep. it's a little bit disheartening in that. But yeah. I love the Knights. I love watching Knights. Yeah. Talking about that passion about Newcastle and how much they love their footy, 97 grand final, cuz. <laughs> yeah. How's that? Off the chamber. One of the best moments. My life. Yeah. You know, I mean, everything happened so quick. You know, this the year before I finished year 12 with SFX. Shit. You know, and a year later I'm celebrating in a grand final and five seconds ago we end up winning it, you know? Yeah. What about it's, that? It's surreal, bro, you know? And, um, and, and this is what I always say to people, you know, like we didn't just win a grand final. At that time, the Hunter Mariners went in town with the Super League with mm. a fat check, bruh, checkbook, you know, and, and us. And we we played more to save the game of rugby league under the Knights banner in the Hunter Valley than let the Mariners come in and overtake the Knights. Mm. Yep. So it meant more to us than just, just win, win the grand final. It was more like saving the game of rugby league in Australia. Yeah, nice. And yeah, no, it was um, it was good, eh? Like I still remember, like living in Belmont at the time and standing in the middle of the road, like letting the buses come back through right. Belmont, heading back into town. Right, there's no football supporters. Like, I lived in England too, with soccer supporters, right? And I lived. Um, I, used to, I, I met Stevie Gerrard, and he gave me two tickets in 2005 to Enfield when they won the Champions League, you know. And because um, he was a big rugby league fan, you know. Yeah. And I got a photo of me and Stevie G, and that was over in 2005, like. The Knights supporters remind me of the English Premier League supporters, bro. They're insane and they love it. Cuz we got four wooden spoons at the Knights here a couple of years ago and we're getting 20,000 people. The Roosters and the Storm were winning premierships and getting four and five. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. crazy. Do you understand? Yeah. Like, what, fo- what football does to this community, it's like religion. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. People still work on the walls. People, people still go out there battling, grinding away, hustling every day. People are still in the mines, coming out in the coal pits. But rugby league in this community in the Hunter region, you know, in the New England too, it just gives them hope to say, you know what, our Knights are playing. And you know what, we don't care if the Knights win or lose, as long as they have a go. Yeah, that's right. 100%. You know what I mean? Yep. That's right. No, I agree. It's the community so involved in, in the team and I think that's where, you know, other than 
probably the Broncos are, uh, have a similar following. Like, yeah, the Broncos have a bit of some, but you wouldn't be on the Broncos no. bandwagon just now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, yeah. but, but they've got a big support base, you know? Yeah, yeah, they do. Like a big support base. So you ended up um, going to the Tigers and see us, uh, what was it, yeah. after 99? Yeah, so at the end of 99, um, so what happened was I had a follow-up wine, right? Some racial comments. And I thought, fuck this. I'm signed with the West Tigers. And I signed a four-year deal, a couple of months to stay. So I was already signed a four-year fresh deal at the night. And then I just said, listen, I don't want to stay here no more. And then I get a phone call from the boys saying, listen, Robbie has injured himself. We want you to play fullback. It was a Dragons Friday night game. And I was living over at Adamstown at South Street. And I said, yeah, right, eh? Just last game. So my last game for the night, I got man the match was a Friday night game. And one Ryan grabbed me by the arm and he said, you'll never play for the Knights again. That was my last game. So I put him on show. One thing you don't do to me is put me in a corner because I'll come out and fucking, you know what I mean? Do show him. Yeah. And, and it just goes to show, like, Andrew John said, you're probably the most gifted, talented, young, like, up-and-coming that he's ever seen. And, you know, I, I listened to your podcast that you were on before and that that whole situation come from you doing a chip and chase and that's why he pulled you aside, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, was, it, was, it was a Friday night game with Dragons, you know what I mean? And... Um, and that's when Gids flicked the ball out the Alps, score down there. It was like a backward and forward game, you know. It was a fast game, you know. It was my last game for the Knights. And and then um, and that's when Wayne Pierce rang me. He said, come to the West Tigers. I said, 100%. Let's do it. I signed three years, you know. Yeah. And I met Harry Triggerboff. He owns Meriton Apartments. Yep. Dawn Fraser. Renee Rifkin. So I said, yeah, sweet, I'm on. Let's yeah. do this, you know. We won our first nine games that year and we thought we were going to win the comp. You end up coming third or fourth last <laughs> <laughs> or something, you know what I mean? But, but in Santa 2, it was a good time, you know, met some yeah. good blokes. Let, let's stay on that topic for, for a little bit. Um, so did you have to endure much racism, like, coming up or was it more when you got famous? Did you no, endure did, more? As a kid, or? as a kid, sometimes as a kid I, I endured it, you know what I mean? It, 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 playing NRL, I think it happened like once with Chris Caruana, but me, me and Smoke now, Chris Caruana, like we're mates now and I played with him at the Rabbitohs and look, people say things that they don't mean and that's all it, is, all it was, you know, and, you know, when you're playing someone that's really good, like I've known a 19-year-old kid on the scene fresh from a premiership and he's marking me being in the game, so he's got to try and put me off a game somehow and he's said a few things that, you know, but it wasn't me that reported, it was the ref that day. So from that game, that's when they brought in the Anti-Discrimination Act in the NRL. Yeah, right. Or ARL and NRL. Yeah, right. And then they took it up another notch a couple of years later with Dean Witters and Brian Fletcher, you know? Yep. But saying that too, Fletcher's the funniest man you ever meet too, you know? Brian <laughs> Fletcher's the funniest man <laughs> got to put breath in there. Look, we all say things that don't mean, mm. you know, and one thing we learnt is, you know, forgiveness and move forward, you know? No, that's exactly right. Yeah. You're not the same person you were yesterday. No, so. no. Uh, exactly. So how long were you at the Tigers for? I signed three years and I, and I lasted two I partied that hard at the West Tigers that you would not believe. <laughs> <laughs> I was going, you know, and I was going to establishments and parties and clubs. It's a different lifestyle. Yeah. Yep. And everyone wanted a piece of Arnold Craig and I went to the city, you know. Yeah. You know, on Renee Rifkin's $5 million yacht with a gym and helicopter pad on top and partying around the harbour and going from there to the establishment down George Street and going from there to Envy Nightclub <laughs> and going from there to wherever. Mm. You know, like I... I don't lie about my past, you know, I had a good time, I, I, you know, and um, at the same time, a lot of good people and 
I'm 42 now, and I am the product now of my past. You know. Yep, hundred percent. But at least you know you don't. You're not looking back and going, "Fuck, we could have. We could have probably nah, pepped it up a bit more and parted a bit more." You know, at least then you know you were. I mean, you know, probably didn't get your last year out of the Tigers, but you still experienced what you experienced. Well, I was going to retire. Know? At tw- uh, when did I go to Tigers? '99. In 2001, I was going to retire. In 2001, I come home to North Lampton. And I remember the Twin Towers come on the news. Sports Tonight was about to come on. Sports Tonight, the Sports Tonight was going to come on. You know, I was going to retire. Right, and my second year the West Tigers said, "Fuck, I'm done. I'm mentally, physically, I'm burnt out. I'm fucked." All my mates are going on schoolies, go hang out, parties. <laughs> I've never done it as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never went that, to schoolies, eh? Yeah, I mean, like I've never went to school parties because I play school football on a Friday and NRL or ARL that night, or play on a Friday and play footy. You know what I mean? That, that was my next question. Like, do you feel like you missed out on so much as a kid because of yeah, all your commitments? Yeah, that, and that's where a lot of my underlying, not so much trauma, that's where a lot of my thoughts come in and then mm. it, I dwell on it and I dwell on it, you know, and there's four types of bipolar and I've got the one where it's self-induced, you know what I mean? And um, and I, I understand what it is and I learn from it, you know, and if I dwell and dwell and dwell, like I'll go, I'm deep as fuck, bro, you know? Mm. And then I said, uh, it was uh, 2001, I said, Dad, I'm, re- I'm going to retire. He goes, what? What do you mean retire? I was only 23 at the time. He goes, you can't retire. So I'm, I'm done. And we laid on, I laid on the lounge and he was, he was sitting up having a cup of tea and sports and I come in the Twin Towers come on. Remember Twin yeah, Towers? Yeah. Boom, we watched it live. Bang, the second plane come in. I said, fuck, I'm definitely retired, man. I'm, I'm going out, boy. I'm going back to Tinga. <laughs> you know what I mean? Getting out of here. Yeah, I'm, going, I'm packing my swag. I'm cutting. <laughs> and then um, and that's when um, Craig Coleman, Georgia Piggins, rang me. I said, oh, I want you to come to the Bunnies. And I said, oh, give me a couple of weeks to think about it. So I went home, come back, and my nan, my pop, my mum, all my family are rabbit supporters. Mm. But all my... My three kids are rabbit supporters. I take my kids to the Knights game up in the box. They wear rabbit jumpers. Even though the Knights are playing manly, they wear rabbit jumpers. Yeah, yeah nice. nice. You know what I mean? They're a proud Indigenous team. Yeah, it's yeah. a people's team because yeah. you had a red fern, you know what I mean? Like, mm. you know, when I'm in the heart of red fern, it means civil rights mm. for our people was always fought at Canberra or that, you know, done all the action in red fern, you know. So it's such a special place for everyone and it's, it's, the, it's the people's team. And, um, yeah, and I was very honoured to, to go there and play. And even though we've got three wooden spoons, I got to meet some beautiful, amazing people, you know, like the La Hood family that owned the fruit markets of Flemington, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, just drive around in a Ferrari, is about 70, go around and collect all his rent. No, I just go, you know what I mean, fruit and, and whatever. And, and then I met um, Russell Crowe, you know. Rusty was there, you know, and he threw some mad parties too. Rusty up Nana Glen and that, and he loved his footy and... But, you, just, you know, you meet so many good people there at the Rabbitohs, you know, and um, it was a highlight, you know. But every, every club's got a different culture. Every club's got a different belief system. Yep. At Newcastle, we, we won on the training paddock. Mm. So football become easy. Mm. We went to, when I went to the West Tigers, I played with a team of all-stars. And, look, you know, we could say certain players and individuals were bigger than the game or had a profile and you got to learn to deal with different attitudes. And, and, you know what I mean? Like, you're a team but you're not a team. Yep. Yeah. You know, and you go to the Rabbitohs and you still get 5,000 people at the club and you get three wooden spoons. I couldn't work it out. It's like we won three comps. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't work this out. Yeah, yeah. right. But you see, you see that, sorry, you see that though in when you see, you, you sort of see these players that are getting too big for the club 
and then they get tra- like they get swapped to another side, and then all of a sudden they're grounded again, and their game just goes to another level. You yeah, know, they really yeah, pick yeah, back yeah, up yeah. again. So. And, and that's a good point too, because you know, like me personally, I look back at my career now and I think I, I should have been a one contract per, a year player, not a four year, three year, because mm. I got complacent mm. and I got lazy. Yep. But if I had incentives and it was twelve months, you know, what I mean, this is what I'm thinking now, looking back, you know, and I look at other players now, going, see you, you should be a, a one year player. Mm. But incentives, you know what I mean? Mm. And when you look it back over the years, Michael Jordan done it with balls. Yeah, he did, right. yeah. He Wayne did. Bennett does it with a handshake. Yeah. He does. You we, know what I mean? Yeah. He definitely does. Like when you talk about the culture, the Aboriginal culture um, of the Rabbitohs, obviously you know it like we get it from an external point of view, but you being in the club, yeah. like how That's do they ingrain it in, inside behind the doors that we actually don't see? Yeah, bro. So like we trained at Redfern Oval and Erskineville Oval, you know, and in the heart of Redfern and, and Waterloo and, and Urko and all the, you know, Woolloomooloo, like it's, yep. you know, like the roosters are actually in Rabbitohs heartland. Yeah, That's right. That's what is a big, you know what I mean? So all the juniors for the Rabbitohs end up being roosters. Yeah, right. Yeah, That's, right. You know what I mean? Yep. So, and, and there's always been a big war and big debate there, but the heart of Redfern, it's an amazing place, bro. Like, you look now, they've got Latrell Mitchell, you know. Uh, they had Inglis. Yeah, they had Grego there, GI, and then they've got Gay Guy who's on fire again now, and Jimmy yeah. the Jet, my man Jimmy yeah, the Jet. Yeah, he's you playing know? good footy. He's yes. man, Jimmy the Jet. Mm. You know? it's good I love to his see. comment. I love his comment to you. He goes, <laughs> he's got more speed than uh, Oxford Street. <laughs> 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 but, you know, yes. like, but Jimmy the Jet's a character, bro. Like, and, you know, when he puts the burners on, it's game over. I really commend him because he has adversity after adversity, but he bounces back and he still comes and plays. And I think Wayne Bennett's a fucking awesome thing for him at that club because he instills belief in him. So Jimmy DeJet, every time he comes back from, you know, say say a little bit adversity, he fucking comes firing ten times every, better than he and was. And that's the thing with Wayne, you know, like I wish that I would have been coached by Wayne. And I remember bumping in him at Western Mayfield when he first came here. I, I couldn't make the shake his hands of Wayne. Big fan. I wish I would have so, um, coached by him, blah, blah, blah. And he's made a few words, you know, because I've heard so many players talk highly of him, you know, and you only got to see how he turns a kid from the bush into an international, to a mm. household name, into yeah. an immortal, to a superstar. Look at Latrell, what's happened to Latrell now. Look what he's done to Latrell. Yeah. Mm. You know, like he's, he's not a coach, bro. He's a mentor and he's a father figure. Yeah, he doesn't right. teach him how to play footy. He just teaches you how to be a better person, to be a better man. Yep. And, I, and I think um, all them Indigenous boys, that's all they need. Yeah, a bit, of stru- a bit of structure because they've got natural fucking talent. That's what I mean, bro. We don't, you know, like we've been running left all our life. Wayne just goes, why don't you just try going right for a little while? <laughs> fucking true. You know, like, look, Cody Walker, bro, I retired at 26. Mm. He debuted at 26 mm. and played Origin. Yeah, killing and, it. And one of the best players. Mm. That's you know? right, yeah. This is what Wayne Bennett can do and this is what you can do if you give yourself a chance. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. On that, like, camaraderie around football and stuff, like, the thing that still warms my heart t- today is around that Newcastle, like, Newcastle squad that you were in is, like, you sit down Blue Door every morning and you see Gids and you see Bedsy and you see Howie, Crowey and Harry, and they're all just still, mates, like, mates and still fucking tight as anything, still, you know, like, you don't. You, you, you just don't witness that nowadays. No, you don't, you don't, bro. You know, like oh, I got a text message today with Matty Sears, you know, and I play with Sears, yep. you know, and um, but I see the boys every morning. I was running yesterday and I saw Adam Muir. Yeah, right. You know, I see her today, you know, and you get a text or a message off the boys here and there and just say, you going, a little check-in. That's listen, just Newcastle, bro, you know? Yeah, that's right. It's just the culture of the joint. And I sit up there with a couple of young up-and-coming nights, 
um, boys, you know, and mm. it's fucking good for them to see too because makes you uh, comfortable, bro. Yeah, it does, and and they see you know what the the, yeah. the you know people that you look up to in the Knights fucking community, and they're still training. Yeah, yeah that's right. They're having a dig. Yeah, they're living a good life. They're yeah. living a healthy life. They're having a coffee. They watch the sun come up. They're chasing yeah. the energy, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they're just staying connected. They're just, you know, not losing sight of that friendship that no. they created so many no. years ago. And so. you know what? And it's so important you say that because last year, the worst time of my life, you know who was there, but it was the old boys. The night's old boys. It was Matty Johns. It was Kirk Gids. It was these blokes. Yep. They didn't have to be, but they were. It's just the way the joint is. Exactly right. Yeah, I mean, the boys saved my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, let's get deep. Let's get let's get into that a little bit. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously you you were very successful growing up, but you know it hasn't come without it's um you know your adversities and your struggles and stuff. So yeah, let's yeah. fucking get into Just a bit of that. Up, so, um, you know, like obviously I, I can relate to a lot of your story. That's yeah. why I was excited to have you on. You know, also suffer from bipolar. Yeah. I, I, I suffer from addictions as well. So, yeah. where did you know, you, when did you sort of realise at what age you, you, you had that addictive nature? Well, it's funny, you know, like I, I, I gambled when I was young, I, I binge drink, and I didn't see gambling as a problem because I always had money. Mm. You know what I mean? But I was always the first one drunk. I was always the first one on the punt. And then later on in life, you know, and I was, I was married with kids and had the house and I had a good life. You think, fuck, I made it, you know? All of a sudden, when something goes wrong in your life or in the marriage, you. you, you we addicts were very smart people, we're clever. You know what I mean? Like I just just to look for an argument or just to escape to go and get on. Yeah. You know? Yep. Fuck, forget about breaking the rules, Carl. I invented my own rules. <laughs> 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 and I broke them. And I read another rule book and I broke them. But but along the way, you know, like along the way, like, you know, one of the things that played in my mind was I left I was the oldest of seven kids, left them when I was fourteen, turning fifteen, didn't get to see them for twelve months, two years. Mm. You know, I had, uh, my younger cousin died from cancer when he was, you know, only 15, 16. I had um, family members that, you know, committed suicide and, and passed away, just like anyone else does, you know what I mean? And But I grew up in a tight community and, and then I, I thought I could deal with them. Then my nephew got run over at 11 months old. Um, my brother picked me up in the driveway with his head, well, you know, but he survived now. He's 19 this year. God bless him, you know, young Willow. Um, you know, and I'm the first one at the hospital while well, he's... You know, tied to the bed because all his nerve system's gone. The only thing that saved him was that his skull wasn't fully formed, so all the swelling and leakage come out of it, you know. So yep. I, I saw this, I had to deal with this shit. And then my sister passed away at 31, had a heart attack while breastfeeding like two years ago, you know. At this time, you know, I, I, I was, um, that was a really good job, earning over 100k a year. I was hosting a footy show, I was doing some NRL gigs. Life was good, you know, and then all of a sudden I started drinking again, I started punting, you know, and I started getting into drugs, you know. I was on the coke, bro, full ball, you know. I was just smashing it, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden you, you don't see there's a problem with doing it, but it overtook my life. And you wake up one day and you come home, you see a mattress on the ground and a fridge and a washing machine and no wife, no kids, they're gone. There's a letter on the bed, you know, mm. saying that they're gone. I thought, fuck, this is a G-up, where are they? I didn't see them for four weeks later. But now I'll get it now, I'll get it now. Mm. She had every right to leave. I caused so much pain, bro. You know, yeah. Yeah. and before you know, before I forgive her, I, I forgave myself. It's life's good now, bro. You know, and I went to rehab this time last year, bro. Foundation House went to rehab, you know. And I was driving up straight to Lecky. I was in. I was going. I was going to do it, bro. It was game over for me. I tapped out. I rang Maddie John. Said, Maddie, I'm out. And I rang Maddie because Maddie was my first childhood memory when I come here. You know. Yep. I took him under his wing. 
and he just knew my voice. He said, pull over, don't move. And Kirk Gidley rang me, and then the next day I met with Vince from the um, Men of League Foundation, signed the paperwork, and it was at Glory Jeans at Charlestown. I just broke down. I was fucked. I had pale skin. I was withdrawn. Like, I was, I was gone, bro. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, what's happening? I was just disconnected with myself and society. You know what I mean? But now, but now what I do now is I give myself a chance every day to chase the energy, chase the sun when it comes up and it comes down because I shouldn't be alive. So the place I was going to kill myself is the place you'll see me run every day. Mm. Just to remind myself that, fuck, it can happen any time, mm. you know? Any time. And there's plenty of other people out there just like me and if they want to do something, they'll see me there. It's for free, bro. Come and run, walk and talk. Powerful, bro. You know? I commend you on that. You know, I've had my struggles as well. Um, nearly committed suicide at 2017 and, you know, I met you, you know, just a, quite a few months ago. Doing, Tell them where we met, huh? Tell them where we met. <laughs> doing a um, 12-step fellowship, you know. And yeah. I listened to your podcast and, and you said the exact same thing. Uh, uh, you said the exact thing that I felt when I seen you sitting in the room with me. Yeah. Um, and that's the beauty about these places, yeah. bro, because we all want to get well. Yeah, that's right. People focus on the drugs. Yeah. People focus on the alcohol. People focus on the binge eating or the sex addiction or whatever problem you may have. But they don't, fit, they don't realise that they're unwell. And a lot of people don't give, them chan- give themselves a chance to get well, you know. And if, if you know, when people listen to this, you know, I want people to, to Google, you know, Google and watch Facebook on this, docu- on this doco on the Golden Gate Bridge about people that jump off and commit suicide. There's 30, 40 people that have survived. And they've got one thing in common, that when their hands left the bridge to jump off... They regretted doing it. So you, what it tells you is this. Everyone that's unwell or takes their own life probably don't mean to do it. Mm. But we just got to give ourselves a chance to get well. That's why I chase the energy. Mm. I give myself a chance to see the sun come up and the sun come down. It's like a phone. When, it, when the battery's down, give yourself a chance. I don't want to run. Fuck me. I'm the laziest man in the world. I do not want to run, because I'm the laziest man God put breath in there. But I'm 42 now. I know that if I want to look good and feel good, no one's going to knock on the door and say, oh, I want to use your life back. Here's $3 million. Mm. Here's your fucking wife and kids and marriage back. No, no, no. I'm out there getting what I deserve and that's my best life. And I give myself every chance, bro, to wake up and show up. I guess for the people that are listening <clears throat> that are in them dark times, like <clears throat> it is a hard procedure to make that call that you made to Maddie. You know, like it how is. many times did it play through your head before you actually made well, that call? I'm glad I did ring him. Yeah. Because if I didn't, it was game over. Yep. And get this, bro. Then I signed paperwork to go to rehab. I'll tell you another story. My best mate's there. I lied to people and said I went to rehab. I was, I was fucking laid in his house for two weeks. If you see anyone, bruh, tell them I went to rehab. That's how lost and disconnected I was. Yep. That's how much I was lying to please other people. people. You know? And then I went to rehab, right? And Joshy Smith drove me down there. Josh played at the Roosters and, and the Knights. And I said, Josh, I don't want to go, bruh. Pick me up at 5.30 from... Apollo International on the highway. I said, I don't want to go. He goes, you'll like it. You'll love it. You know? And I said, oh, fuck. What have I got to lose? So I went in there. They do urines, did a paperwork. You're sitting there. And I'm going, what the fuck's Uncle Craigie doing in rehab? Mm-hmm. Seriously. What the fuck am I doing here? You know? And I didn't accept the fact that I was an addict. Mm-hmm. I had problems for the first week and a half in rehab. I didn't talk to anyone. So I thought I was too good for everyone. Mm-hmm. Then over time I thought, you know what? Oh, just give yourself a chance. And then they say you're having a spiritual awakening or something, you know. And then when I'm laying there, I started thinking about my nan, my pop, and my culture, my history, and I just thought, fuck, you know. Is this, is this what it means? And then I said, oh, I started getting up, writing things, how I wanted the wife and kids back, how I wanted to do this, how I wanted to do that. And 
Then we'd have visits on a Saturday, bro. And this is when shit got real. I was the only one that didn't have visitors. And the most popular person in rehab. And then when other wives and kids and family members used to come in, bro, I'd lay in my room and just cry. I thought, I'd, that's it. Then I rang up, said, don't come home. I said, pity, I've got nowhere to live, I'm homeless. So I went to stay with him. But now I'm back on my feet, you know. So you've got to deal with being an addict. You've got to deal with all the things you've done wrong. But the hardest thing is 12 months later, all the consequences and aftermath of your damage, mm. yep. which is even harder to swallow, you know. And then at the same time, I still wanted to do this and do that, but it wasn't there. Then I'm getting AVO breaches for things, you know. Then I'm locked up in jail and they're going to sentence me to five years jail. And the judge said, Mr Craigie, we lock up scumbags, you're not a scumbag. So I'm sitting in Newcastle jail because the police hand you over to corrections. I'm sitting in there, they come and take the string out of your pants and out, out of his hoodie, look. You know, they take it out. Because I was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm done. I'm done, cuz. Then I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there and some bloke's over there shaking and sweating on another bed, you know. I'm thinking, fuck, he come there anyway, I'm just going to straight in the wall. <laughs> and then I just said to myself, what am I going to do? What the fuck am I going to do? And then I said, all of a sudden, bruh, I had this big gust of fresh air and I just said to myself, give yourself a chance. And I've never given myself a chance. I've lied. You know what I mean? I've taken money off friends. I've spent money. I've done the wrong thing. Give myself a chance. For me, I'm Craigie, the big AOC. Give myself a chance, bruh. And then when I got out, of, when, I, when the judge, because it was 7.30, he was going to send me to jail. He said, I'll let you out. He said, but there's nothing left. I can't, there's no other options for you. You know, he said, before you go, he said, you inspire people in this community, of the Indigenous community and the non-Indigenous community. You're a good man. I know you're heartbroken and you want the life that you once had, but you've got to let it go. So I did. And I got out the next day. I woke up and I could only walk. I could only walk from Murray the Blue Door to Dixon Park, my body, my legs, I was breathing it, oh fuck, my ass is hanging out, my back was aching, <laughs> you know, but I thought, you know what, if I'm going to start anywhere, how perfect place at the bottom of the barrel, Yep. and I've been here twice before, so this time around I'm going to get fucking, that, you know what I mean, I'll get back on my feet again, and I know I'll have the life that I once had again, but I just give myself a chance to chase the energy, bro. Sounds like a spiritual awakening happens Spirit, right there and then. Right there and then, bro. You know, while I'm doing this, I'm I'm bored and lonely, so I'll get on Facebook. I've been on Facebook probably f- how long? Been on probably 10, 11, 12 weeks now. Mm. It's all new to me. And I just started recording stuff for myself, and I'd go and lay there and watch it. And I thought, fuck this, I'll just post it. 5,000 views, 9,000 views. I was like, hang on a minute. There's people out there that care about me. I'm inspiring other people. Mm. How empowering. Yeah, bro. And I've got people now hit me up on Messenger on, and on Insta, cuz, from detox, from rehab, you know what I mean? From psych wards mm. that just got out of jail, that just come home and lost their wife and kids, that just found out this and this and this and this and this. I'm meeting people every day of the week, cuz, that are now inspiring me. But they think I'm inspiring them. How good is it? But I, they're just like me. Yeah. So I'm not alone. You find your purpose, bro. My purpose, cuz. Like me, when I got out of rehab, like, I suffer from bipolar. I'm an addict. Like, what made me, hand, you know, surrender was losing, you know, 
God bless Brother Duck. Yeah, Ducky, yeah, and, yeah, little Duck, yeah. And I still couldn't, but then, I don't know, something come over me as well, you know, not long after that. and um, and But just what you do put on Facebook and stuff, you inspire me. Yeah, yeah. You but I will I mean? say this, but I'm not going to lie, like, I, I still go to AA, I still go to NA, but I still have a beer and have a white, you know what I mean? I still do that. Like, some people are clean and sober for the rest of their life. Yeah. I put my hand up, I can't be sober but I still have a drink, but I, I don't drink like for the reasons I used to. Yep. But it's going to come a time in my life where I will be. But I've got a toolbox. I've got a toolbox now, bruh, mm. that, you know, it happens, bruh. Mm. I got drunk on Saturday night and then I go to AA and then AA around town somewhere. People mm. see me there. Mm. But I'm still learning. I'm all new to this, bruh. Oh, yeah. I'm no expert. The moment I think I'm an expert mm. is when I'm going to go and live the old life again. But I'm going to live with what I'm doing, bruh. That makes sense? I yep. said that. Like, I got asked the same question by Josh. He said, are you scared of relapse? You know, I'm too... Two and a bit years clean, yeah. and I said, "I can hope I'm scared of relapse. Mm. The day I'm not scared to relapse is the day I'll be worried." Yeah, yeah, because you've got to have that fear. You've got to have fear, bro. You yeah. know, and and I'm still stubborn in some ways, bro. But I'm in a lot better place than I was 12 months ago. Like I can have a few beers now and go home, and not drink for two days. But you hold yourself accountable now. Ah, uh, but, but I'm got, honest with myself. You got awareness. I'm honest with like myself. You said you got this. Backpack of tools that you, you know you, you can go, use. Yeah. I can use, bro, and I learnt that from rehab, mm-hmm. and, I moved, and I've learnt that from meeting people at NA and AA. And I, you know, I mean, people are just like me. Hey, if everyone was perfect in this world, Cal, we wouldn't be sitting there. We'd be yeah. sitting on a yacht somewhere, <laughs> eating caviar and drinking Crown Lagers. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it ain't the world we live in. No, it's not. You know, and and people that are heart surgeons at the John on the hospital right now might come home tomorrow, and their world might be over. Mm. And guess what? They're unwell. And they drink and do drugs and they're sitting in rehab. It can happen to anyone. The mm. fine line, bro, between being, you know, from going sane to insanity, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's and that's why it's about, you know, doing these sort of things, these podcasts and, you know, you telling your story, which, you know, look, we could have, you know, however many listeners, but if it touches one person, it's done right. its job. Okay, can I, I'll just show you a little message, eh? Yeah, for I'll sure. And when you were saying, you know, like your videos on Facebook are inspiring people, like, Mark, you do your gratitude list every morning and that and... um and one of the fellas reached out to you. Yeah, a yeah. young Indigenous fella. Yeah, uh, it happens, bro. He, he reached it? out to me and just said, you know, you, you changed my mindset by doing the things that you do each morning, you know, and that, that, that's, that's, where the, that's the payment that I get from doing what I do, you know. It's not monetary, it's, it's the How inside it? stuff. Yeah. Uh, all my mates might be rich. Now. All my mates might be rich in millionaires, but I'm rich at heart, bro. Yeah. Like, I, I, I love living with the person that I am. Yeah. What you see is what you get, you know. Yeah. It, I won't say this guy's name, but this is just an example. Yesterday, three past five. When's 11? What's today? 12th of June? 12th of July? 12th 14th, of July? 14th. 14th. Yeah, so this is 11th of July. Okay, so three days ago. Mate, I have depression. I love going to the gym. It's great for my mental health. I haven't left the room in two years. I now go to the gym. I love your post. Come on, bruh. Perfect. Yeah, Fucking game right. over, son. Yep. That's right. How good's that? He hasn't even met me or known me. Mm-hmm. Through right. social media, we reach people. That's right. That's why I keep putting posts up to help the next person change their life. Yeah. Because no. we can do it, bruh. We can say anyone can, but if we can do it, anyone can if they give themselves a chance. Exactly right. Yeah. Don't focus on the drugs. Don't focus on the alcohol. You know, if you want to, you know, to deal with trauma, to deal with some sort of disconnection or grief and loss in your life, you just got to be able to, you know, flip. This is the thing I've learned, to flip that insanity mm. into being sane. Mm. I ran 16K today, 7K yesterday. I don't want to do it, but I'm flipping the switch from insanity to being sane to keep mm. me normal. I chase the energy, bro. 
And how do you feel after it though? Fuck, fuck you're happy you're done it, aren't I you? I feel fucked, but I feel a million dollars. <laughs> there's no drug on the planet yeah. that can give me this fix. No, nah. yeah, that's right. There nah. isn't. That's that. I heard you say before as well, like, I think as humans, all, all we chase is adrenaline. And through myself, through drugs, through it's, it's adrenaline, through it's image, women, through it's training, yeah, exactly right. On That's social it. media, now it's lifestyle. Yeah, a lot of marriages break up because the other partner's got no money or. I haven't got a six pack or you know. Yeah, what I mean? but we touched that. That was actually what we talked about it's with Rick last week. Media, yeah, he's it's like people think that the grass is greener on the other side, and like yeah. Rick said, it's grass. The grass is green where you water it. That's right, but you know exactly so. right. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's the thing. If we can if we can reach out to someone for social media, which is a beautiful thing, bruh, Job done. That's right. You and once I mean? you get your spirit back after being in them depths of addiction and whatever comes with it, you get that spiritual adrenaline and fuck, there's, there's fuck. nothing, there's nothing. Nothing, like it. but I train with this bloke, right? His name's Mick. I won't say his last name. I train with him nearly every day. Kidney transplant. Been on dialysis. 56, 57. Bruh. He wakes up and shows up every morning, every afternoon chasing energy. Legend. This man was dying. Had a kidney transplant. Last week, cuz, he was running Streslecki with me. Inspiring. Now, there's no drug on the planet that can give him that adrenaline rush. That's right. But when you hang around good energy and it's positive, it happens. It gives you purpose, bro. It gives you purpose, cuz. You know the old saying, you hang around five alcoholics, you're going to be the sixth. Yeah, yeah. yeah you are you a product around, of your You're going to hang around five single blokes, you're going to be the sixth. Yeah. You're going to hang around five addicts, you're going to be the sixth. Yep. Yeah, good, good analogy I heard. You sit in the barber's chair long enough, you're going to get a haircut. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I tell him, I'll tell you. So Mark's called me yesterday. He's like, oh, we got, we got Craigie coming on, on today. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gone, oh, oh, fuck yeah. I'm like, oh, I've got a got a picture of him when I was a kid, eh? He's like, he's doing some nights training thing with us anyway. I've gone, I've gone looking for it. It was Leo Denver. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Like, I'm better know. looking than Leo Denver. Hey, sorry, bro. Don't make me relapse in a big way. <laughs> but, uh, I'm well, glad you said that at the end of the point. Yeah, oh, jeez, oh, Leo Denver. <laughs> Good actor too, Leo. Yeah, he started in Planet Apes 1, 2 and 3. <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah, I went Maybe. digging for it last night, eh? And I was like, oh, fuck, it's not even him. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Imagine if you brought it. Oh, no. Oh. I was going to for shits and giggles, but hey, yeah. Get over to sign it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Let's put a shit stain on it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, before we um, finish it off, I always do um, free before you flee. I've yeah. got free questions to, to take us out and to see different people's perspectives on yeah. it. So the first one is, obviously it's a good one for you, um, what motivates you to get up in the morning? Um, well, I'm selfish now. I'm selfish to give myself a better life. I'm selfish for me, you know, and uh, I don't care if I offend anyone anymore. I don't give a fuck because no one wakes me up at six in the morning and come running with me. No one's there, you know what I mean, to, when I was in rehab and I was chained to a bit of John Hunter and I was in a psych ward and I was in rehab, you know what I mean, bro? Like, I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm selfish for me. Mm. What motivates me is me. Yeah, good answer. Nice. All right, the second one is, what legacy do you want to be remembered for? Helping others just like me, bro. Yeah. Fuck the football in the grand finals. Helping the next young boy and girl that's thinking about suicide, suicide ideation, trauma, loss and grief. You know what I mean? Putting up something alive. I want to be remembered to say, you know what? Out of 24 million people in this country, I touch one person yeah. and they can pay it forward from there. That's my legacy. 
Well, you're doing Chase that, man. Chase the energy, baby. 100%, yeah, bro. You're doing I, I, that. I believe, you know, I can personally speak how much I can relate to you and seeing your post every time, it just lights something underneath me as well, you know. Just and to, I'll get the same out of you and I see you put a smile on my face. I know you're clean and I you're sober and I know that I'll be there one day. Yeah. But just not right now, but I can live with that. Yeah. And there's plenty of people out there still battling and dealing with shit, you know what I mean? That's right. But one day, but you got to understand too, bro, you inspire me. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, bro. And you're aware of it. I'm aware of it, Cass. Yeah, I'm not in denial anymore. No. It says what you get. 100%. Yeah, well, you're I'm not making excuses in your own head for it. That's the main thing. I'm not going to say, so. I don't drink, but you see me at the group every Saturday night yeah. Yeah. on the hunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean Sorry, I did you say, say punt or what? No, I said on the punt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, bro? And having a snitty. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it, bro. And I feel, I feel like, you know, once what kept me and what keeps a lot of addicts out there is um, ego. Once you drop that ego, bro. Once you drop the ego, mm. bro, like, yeah, I know when I meet someone if they're egotistic. Yeah. Because they glorify their life in the story and it's all about them. And I go, fuck, that's me. I'm going to slap him. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't get it now, you're going to get it. You know, he's going to lose everything twice. Man, I, I just tell him once. Don't just tell him twice. Yeah. Because when you talk to people, bro, nine times out of ten, they think they're smarter than you. It's true. You know, if you're giving someone advice, nine times out of ten, they think they're smarter than you. Mm. That's just the way we are. We're just different beasts, different creatures. But it's that 1% of person that goes, fuck, I'll do something here. Yeah. But some people, it's the ego. Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean, bro? I was told in rehab when I went there, you know, pull the cotton ball out of years and stick it in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Fuck, it's true. It's true, bro. Like, listen. Listen. Yeah, that's Just right. listen, bro. That's it. All right, bro. Last but not least, what's next for OC? What's next for the big OC? Well, it's funny, bro. Yesterday I met this guy. His name's Ryan. He's an international marketing manager and um, marketing and branding guru. He's been following my posts. Same thing, bro. Love my post. He goes, I want to do some stuff for you for nothing. I want to brand you. Chase the energy. Shirts, stickers, Instagram, mm. TikTok, Facebook, so you can reach out and help people, you know what I mean? We do shirts, put on celebrities and people like yourself and they chase the energy. Mm. And if there's someone with depression or mental health, we'll just send them a shirt and say, listen, get up and just wake up and show up and do it. Mm. That's next for me, bro, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's and, right. and just going out and spreading the love through podcasts and, and social media and just like, fuck, give it back, bro. It's got nothing to do with money. If someone like wants it. to fucking change their life, who better than look after me? Yeah, that's right. Love it. You know what I mean? No, good answer, I'm bro. the real deal Holly Field, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, love it. That's, you know, that's why I wanted to get you on, bro. You're very inspiring. I love what you're doing. You hold yourself accountable. And, you know, like, there's so, you're fucking loved around the Newcastle bro, community. that's the thing, cuz. You said it with love, bro. When I was dealing with all this shit, how many people live in Newcastle? 800,000? Oh, Fuck, man, I'd have to Google that shit, eh? Yeah, right, that's well, let's quite... Let's just say Adam right? And, and see, talking about this, I don't, you know, I'm now classified in the domestic violence arena as people that bash and do the wrong thing. I had a broken heart and all I did was one of my wife and kids back, but I went around it the wrong way, mm. right? And, and I, I learned how the law and the system really work. It's all new to me. So I don't, you know, anyone that does fucking DV and that, bro, scumbags, you know, but I'm, I'm in that category now. But out of... The whole of Australia and the whole of Newcastle, bruh, that's when I realised I had three bad messages sent to me on social media out of everyone. Mm. How much love I got, cuz? Mm. So that makes me want to flip the switch to help the next person. So listen, don't, don't chase what's not there no more. Mm. Give yourself a chance to do this and in time for come back and come back. Yeah. I just pushed too hard and I wanted everything overnight because I'm an addict and I've yeah. got a system and I <laughs> thought I deserved this. So I was egotistic. Mm. You know what I mean? 
But at the same time, bro, this city is amazing, bro. This city's kept me alive. The people in this community is fucking inspiring me, bro. I, I run, I've got the best gym in Australia, bro. From Merriweather <laughs> to, to the Breakwall in Newcastle Beach, it's the best outdoor gym in the world because mm. either people are walking, talking, jogging, or having a coffee. You're right. Everyone's active. You're right. You don't have to force me to do shit down there because I'm either going to talk, walk, jog, or run. Mm. It's the best gym in the world. Fuck yeah. Because I give myself a chance. And if I can't get a lift in town, I run from Charlestown in there, then I do my run. I do. Fuck yeah, nice. You know, good, nice. Good way to look at it, brother. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear, man, all them positive comments and everything on your social media feed. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. just that Newcastle community, like we're talking about, you know, the old NRL Knights plays, they're just still tight-knit, good still community. Tight, it's a good community, you know, and um, I, look, I come from Tinga, but, you know, like, Newcastle's my home now. Seriously, bro. You know, Newcastle's my home and I'm very grateful and thankful for, the, for this community, bro, to show me love and respect and all I ever did was score tries and, and win premiership. But I've touched their lives, but now people are touching my lives, yeah. you know. And I tell you, I tell you how life changed, bro. I've done a TikTok on the weekend with my two kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bro, to smile and dance. Mm. Twelve months ago, bro, I told you, go and fuck yourself. Yeah. I've done it with my babies, bro, because you know why? I'm a different man, cuz. I'm in beast mode now. I'm in beast mode. I'm a selfish motherfucker going to get what's mine. That's the big AC, chasing energy. And I'm going to get a house. I'm going to buy a house again. I'm going to get back on my feet. I'm going to give it to my kids because my kids have saved my life. They're my purpose. But for me to be the best I can be, I've got to be selfish, bro. And you know what I did, cuz? After all the 10 breaches in the ABA, I got a text message when I said to the kids, I said, no, I don't. Mm. Because I'm too busy looking after me. Yeah, that's right. That's true, Goldberg. Yeah. I'm too busy looking after me. And it's the first time in 15 years I said no. I'm living my best life, Cuz. That's right. You well, know? you being the best version of yourself, it's like me and my daughter. I wouldn't swap it for the world. And then you'll, that, your kids benefit from that. Because you give me half a million dollars in the suitcase now and say, Owen, do you want this or the life you're living right now? I swear to God on my kids, I'll say, bro, I want this life. Because yeah. wealth is... Internal. I'm wealthy, bro. I'm rich yeah. within myself, guys. Fuck yeah, Fuck that's good. I'm wealthy within myself, bro, you know? Love it. Love it. Fuck. No worries, brother. Thanks, so, thanks for coming on. Bro, yeah, I man, loved appreciate it. it. I loved it. So, sh- sh- where's your pages? What are they called? Where can they find yeah, you? Yeah, so on Instagram, at Owen Craigie on Insta, on Facey, uh, Owen Craigie, on TikTok, Owen Craigie, you know what I mean? Just, just hit me up, bro. The big old safe from Little T, living in New Week, chasing <laughs> the energy. <laughs> Struggle is real, but overcoming it is real too. So that's it, bro. Right, bro. TDP, Fine. baby, tune in. Fine. You're going to share it with me. I'll put it on my Facebook and we'll share it on the social, for bro. Sure. Yeah, man, for sure. Tag Definitely. a few of the brothers and I'll, ch- I'll tag Chocky Mundine, hey. Jack Ninja Warrior. Give you some love, cuz, you know. There, appreciate it. No, yeah, I appreciate it. It's so great hearing your story, man. Yeah, cuz. Thanks, Eve, for coming on. I appreciate it. I love, bro. Love Legend. it, brother. Thank you. Thank you, cuz. All good.